This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. Hello, podcast fans. Adam Carolla here. I'm leading the fight against patent trolls who are threatening this medium. It's not about me. It's about the podcast you're listening to right now. If I go down, this show could be next. Visit fundanything.com forward slash patent troll for more information on how you can keep podcasting alive. Thank you and mahalo. Once again, like last week's episode, this should have been our intro. Just us talking about no Pele. I'm a, I'm a professional, and I do a real intro. Hello, <laughs> and welcome to the Hooniverse Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Glucker. And joining me when he's not being a famous automotive journalist and he's being a normal automotive journalist uh, is my partner in, in crime, uh, Blake Child of Zion Wrong. I like that. <laughs> I like that one. Now, uh, which sign are we talking about? Because I'm thinking the one from The Matrix. Um, I don't know. I didn't think that far ahead. I literally just made this one up on the spot, so I didn't have any jokes prepared, unfortunately. It's not bad. It's not um, bad. Yeah, no, it's it's fine, though. Uh, and also joining us tonight, we have a guest, uh, Mr. Abraham. Uh, hello, say, Jeff. Say hello. <laughs> say hello. How are you? Uh, I'm doing very well. California is finding me very well. I am glad that I'm here now. California finds everyone well. Yeah. Uh, I accept. Um, no, we find everyone well. Except OJ Simpson. Really all, yeah. Uh, we gave him a chance, and it didn't go well. Yeah. Um, he, he won the first round, didn't first get by the second pick. round. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's uh, just kick this thing off like we normally do, or well, we used to. We haven't done it in a while, I don't think, is uh, talk about some new car news. Uh, and I'm going to dive right in to something that, uh, if you just read part of the headline, would be exciting, and then you read the rest, and you're like, aw. Um, Dodge Viper. Gets a power bump in 2015. Whoa, exciting. Yeah. Two? That power bump is five horsepower. Still exciting. It's a 645. That's still I mean, a you shouldn't be sad about 645, but the new Z06, it's going to have more. The Hellcat has way more. Um, and yeah, that's a little weird that the the Viper doesn't have as much power as the Hellcat. Yeah. I just realized that, like, just this just second. Just now. Yeah, because, you know, I always thought the Viper has a million horsepower. I thought you were a famous automotive journalist. You're but supposed I'm, to know everything about every car on the planet. I'm a famous made. auto journalist who's also 12, so I'm just that's like, Viper true. has a million, billion, trillion, gazillion horsepower. <laughs> yeah. And it's that's so many the end torques. of that. Yeah, all um, the torques. Every torque. Uh, it's it's sad that the car's not selling well, because the new car does look good. It looks so good. Uh, I Hopefully, I actually get my hands on one fairly soon. I haven't, driven, I haven't driven it yet. I haven't okay. driven it yet. Got to keep up my supercar rep. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, hopefully that's not going to be enough to, to get people interested, I don't think, especially with Z06 on the horizon. Um, hopefully in 2016 there's a, a bigger refresh. I don't know. There, there probably will be. Yeah. But, what do you think, Abe? Uh, I'm not sure. People were talking a lot about um, them popping the V8 in that. 
They can't uh, fit it. They can't fit it, but they can fit the V10. It's I don't really understand. I don't know enough. Well, about but, so what they said, I actually read into that. Um, the chassis rail. So the the 6.2, I guess, is a very wide, tall engine. So it's like the worst of both dimensions. It doesn't fit in the chassis rails at all, and it's it doesn't clear the hood. And I guess it's not by like an inch. They said it's by several inches. That's how much bigger the V8 is with the supercharger than the V10. Hmm. Additionally, the, um, the the Hellcat motor needs uh, a good deal extra cooling than the um, the V10. Right, and the other thing is like I mean I think it's strange to compare the two models because they're very clearly I think um, a pretty different person is buying sure. each one of those. I mean. There's a price point difference as well. I mean, the Hellcat's what comes in just under sixty thousand. Yeah, yeah sixty nine, nine ninety. And the Viper's still ninety out the door. I don't think you could get one for less, brand new, yeah. right? No, yeah, well, exactly. maybe well, up to one. Maybe you can right it now. Up to like one ten now base price, and it's like one hundred twenty five for the GTS package with the better seats and everything. Huh. I mean, you, you got to look at the fact that diehard Dodge fans out there will end up buying both. They'll well, somebody with those. some money, yeah, and exactly. and maybe maybe the Hellcat because it's a Challenger that's touching seventy. Though I do think the price point is excellent on that car, but maybe maybe because it's seventy, it's pricing out the people who would just buy the car for shits and giggles. And you're looking at a, a more mature gentleman with a few bucks in his pocket, and now maybe he's looking. Well, I was going to buy the Viper, but fuck it, I want the one with more horsepower. And, and but the Viper has still has the curb appeal. Yeah, yeah, the Viper, I mean, is also seems – I can't speak for the Hellcat because I've never driven one. I haven't driven a new Viper either, but I've driven an older one. And they seem like they have a lot more use on the track. Like a like a, uh, it's going to be a different sort of type of enthusiast buying it. But I think maybe part of the problem that the Viper is having right now is that um, like compared to a lot of other maybe track-ready vehicles, it's not offering uh, – really an experience that's as unique i think as people think it is you know it's it's stick and it's a big torquey v10 um but to the best of my knowledge it doesn't have a a particularly uh like advanced suspension system like maybe like a new uh, 911 gt3 would have uh because the viper's kind of caught in between wanting to be like a big dumb muscle car and being a track day special yeah i have to wonder what its purpose is going to be in the next couple years and you think that I remember a few months ago, Fiat Group outlined what their plans were for essentially the next six years. Right. I don't recall the Viper really Did being... Did they even mention it? <laughs> I don't know. They, I think they mentioned that it wasn't going to be SRT anymore. It was Dodge Viper. I yeah, think that I was remember it. hearing that Dodge is going to be the new performance brand or sporting right. brand, I think. Which is why they're going to kill the caravan. No. But they're keeping the journey for some reason. So you're saying we'll never get another turbo caravan? We'll never get another turbo caravan. That's sad. Um, moving on to something that's no more vent, a lot van. is much more interesting than the Viper with way less power. Uh, that's actually not even technically a car. Is it uh, Polaris showed off finally oh, yeah. their slingshot. Isn't that just a snowmobile with wheels? Uh, kind of, yeah. yeah right? um, I mean, it's it's a three wheeler. Pretty rad. It's yeah, that's an appropriate word for that car. I it's like pretty rad. Pretty rad. Uh, I saw I saw the video and it actually looked like a blast. It looks drive. awesome. And it has a stick shift. It's, yep, it's five speed manual. Cool. Manual. I can't believe it just said stick shift, but yeah, it has a manual. And what's the engine though? It's a two point four liter EcoTech, so a oh. four cylinder from GM. Oh, those those are bulletproof engines, and you can get tons of power out of them. This one out of the box makes uh, one hundred seventy three horse. And 166 torque. But the damn thing only weighs 1,700 pounds. That so that's cool. that's a pound per horsepower? Yeah. I mean, 10 um, pounds per horsepower? That's heavier than I thought, actually. 
It's still pretty awesome, oh, though. Super light. Um, yeah. But it looks like it has like a decent interior, so that's probably where the weight yeah, is going. That's true. Um, there's right. two two trims. There's a base and an SL, and the SL gets what is it? A Nissan? Uh, yeah, and then there's an SV and a, no. Um, and there's a GXC platinum. and an XC. There's a so the the SL gets wider front tires and then a, a shorter but lower profile rear rear tire. Um, so just it just gets like a wider stance basically. Um, that seems to be the only difference. But the base it price so well in Minnesota is nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. That's fucking nineteen thousand dollars. Yeah, it's twenty grand. Really? Yeah, and then the wow. SL with the better wheels and tires is twenty four. That's that's awesome. My beloved, that is really my beloved rad. Morgan three wheeler. By contrast, it's three times that price. Yeah, yeah. Our beloved, like Morgan like two and a half. Our beloved three wheeler. Our say. beloved three wheeler. Yes. Right. Um, that's a hell of a deal. That's. How is that legal? Could be such a fun How? track day special or right. canyon carver. Right. In, or... A, in a way that the Can-Am Spider just is a, such a dorky piece of crap. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I have to wonder what how it's going to work on track days because uh, that's true. it's officially a motorcycle to the best yeah, of my Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, although, I mean, if the internet has anything to say with it, it seems to have been pushed towards the car you know, interest. But, but I wonder if you'll be able to take it yeah. on car track days. That's a good question. That's a very good question. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's an argument to be made. And if you go to one of those sleazy ones where the rules are shitty and oh, yeah. probably sneaking over there. But if you can't, you can still blast up and down Angeles Crest and, and oh, yeah. you know, whatever your That's favorite road maybe. a Ford Fiesta ST. So if you don't have a dog or a, a girlfriend. Cheaper. Yeah, it's actually cheaper. Oh, if you buy one, you definitely don't have a girlfriend. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Hey, I've seen I've seen girls climb into Ariel Adams willingly. So that's weird. Yeah, right? um, but good for them. <laughs> good for them. I like to hear more They're about that. There should be equal opportunity enthusiasm. I mean, what's the KTM Expo selling at? Like fifty? Fifty, I think, and they're probably really hard to find. Yeah, because it's a limited production. I mean, where's the closest? Yeah, where's production. the closest like place to get an X? Uh, I think it's what's KTM. Next? It's actually KTM Crossbow. Yeah, you're right. But sorry. I always used to say Expo too. I, I did too. Expo. <laughs> I always used to say Expo. And then I heard so, I heard someone say yes. The new uh, KTM Crossbow I was like, oh shit, that's how you say it. Oh, that, that makes sense. I actually am just learning this now for the first yeah, right? time. Yeah, right. I, and I hope I'm not wrong, but the, when the person said it, I'm like, I think that's actually how it's said. That yeah. makes so much more so sense. Like, yeah. Crossbow. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would, yeah. Expo. Well, well, Expo sounds cool too, though. You could you call it a Tim Tebow. Yeah, but that's well, no. That sounds like that's like gym equipment. Get Expo. the new Expo for you know like Billy Blanks. Expo. Only six payments at 19.95. Right. Exactly. Yeah. How do you feel about the styling of it? The Polaris. Yeah. I like it. So again, how to differentiate differentiate itself from the Morgan. I like that it's, uh, you know, the Morgan trades on its heritage. Very, I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's the same thing since 1930. The Polaris is out there. It's different. Very angular headlamps, uh, almost insect-like in certain areas. Uh, mm. So I like that they're making it funky because it, it's a funky car, so the styling matches. It has a little... Campagnola T-Rex yeah, in it, yeah, just a little bit. But uh, more, like, angular. Yeah, definitely uh, slabbier. And there's the one thing that frightens me about it, wow. and this is just from the video. Yeah. I'm looking at the photos right now, and, jeez, that looks like it was like a like a grad student design project that I'm surprised it actually got made. That looks it got an A-plus. Yeah, it looks bitchy. Definitely. It looks really it's cool. It's very mean. And it's I like, like catfish, kind <laughs> of. I like how the seats, at least this is what I got the impression from the video, the seats make it look like you're hanging out a little bit yeah like you're hanging it off which i'm sure is weird. sensational sensation wise is adds to the experience and you're five inches off the ground yeah well i know what that's like i'm probably less than five inches off the ground oh, from my nice. <laughs> gross there's a link on here that says schedule a test ride what do you say we you and i just go uh test ride well here's the th- here's we'll the weird podcast thing from the test ride <laughs> yeah 
That actually, that'd be hilarious. That'd be great. It would just be like this. Here we are. Oh no, we're actually pulling back into the parking lot. We just blew Chris's ears out. Yeah, we just blew Chris's ears out. That's exactly what it would sound like, though. Someone's gonna say fix the audio because of that. That was a joke. So switching gears in new pause car news. Nude car news. No, no, new. So it's new news. That is has cars in it. New new car news. Um, Ma- the trailer for Mad Max Fury Road came out, and it looks fucking amazing. Can I confess? If something? you disagree with me, you're wrong. Can I confess? Let me something? cut you off. If you disagree, with oh, me, I'm you're not wrong. disagreeing. Okay, with you, Jeff. Okay, but it does look awesome. Can I confess something? Okay, you've I've never seen the other I've only seen ones? the first ten minutes of the first movie. You should be. Ashamed I have. I have. I, I have, have that movie on my on my laptop on my lap right now. We could just play it and do a. Ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a, a two-hour break. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Gonna, no, we'll just do a we're gonna, we're gonna robot break. roll call. When we come back. Blakebot. Blakebot. <laughs> well, here's a chance for some exposition. I haven't watched the trailer yet, so what happened? Oh, it just – it's Honestly, you don't really know he what happens. He says like – yeah, yeah, you don't even really know what happens. It's just the visuals are just it's, perfect. It's like a, the, the movie is a, a giant chase scene. Basically, that's what – George Miller is the guy who directed the first three. Well, yeah, and this is a sequel, which I'm just finding out, and Mad Max is not played by a racist Mel Gibson, but is now Tom Hardy. <laughs> Melly Gibson's? Oh, <laughs> Melly Gibson's racist-ass Melly Gibson. Um, no, it's Tom Hardy. Uh, he, yeah, he plays He does his own band Mad Max. Um, he gets tortured a bunch, gets a lot of weird tattoos on him, and then he has to go chase uh, Charlie Sherrod. What's the car? Is it a... Is it a um, it, in the opening, in the trailer, it's it's the Falcon, it's the Falcon that gets okay. thrashed like right away. All according right. to the trailer, I don't know where there's it like a, there's in the like movie. a couple Baja bugs in it. So Raphael Orlov. There's, there's d- it. dirt bikes going nuts. There's crazy fucking trucks. Is there um, anything new like how Elysium? The only cool thing about Elysium? No, I don't think they so. Had that GTR? No, nothing really? I've seen. You know, an automaker yeah, would have come out and said that they're part of that. Already. I mean, did you see Children of Men? All the beat up cars see, in there yeah, were like Fiat Multiplus, which is cool. That was cool. I mean, you know, no, this is all very post apocalyptic. Like nothing. I didn't nothing new. Like. The Elysium yeah. right. GTR, but though. this this is also like you know it's a gas shortage, so I'm surprised everyone's not just driving around in Le- Nissan Leafs. Jesus Christ, yeah, that actually would be really Nissan fucking Leafs, hilarious right? well, with like guns on it. Just there's like all the trucks are roaring down in the background, <laughs> keeping up the pace, and, and then like Lord Humongous pops out the top and just shoots everyone yeah. with a Gatling cannon. Yeah. Have you guys seen Looper? Yeah. Yes. Have you ever seen? I love how all the cars are like converted to be like mystery fuel. Yeah, exactly. Except movie. for the nicest car in it is an NA Miata yeah, on like twenty the... inch wheels. Yeah. Why don't you remember that? And then also there's like a hover bike in it too, which is cool, like a jet yes, powered hover that. bike. Yeah, I remember that. that. Was really but cool. I, I do always like how cars are shown in like post apocalyptic scenarios. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Then like, you guys need to watch fucking Mad Max for Christ's sake. Oh, I've seen it. I've <laughs> oh, okay. seen it already. Well, wait, oh, you just Jeff, said you haven't I'm, seen the trailer. Yeah. Aren't we watching it right now? Oh, oh, look. There's that part where he crashes no and the first one actually isn't really post-apocalyptic no no road warrior um, was the first one yeah road warrior and then beyond thunderdome which some people hate and i actually find it i'm a big fan like i love it tina turner's charming well i love um um, who does you know the whole humongous luckily luckily this movie comes out next year so i've got some time to who run barter town i love that (laughs) it is fucking great and the the cage battle at the end spin the wheel make a deal yeah but uh, Road Warrior is fantastic. Okay. People hate the ending of uh, Beyond Thunder. Walker, break a deal. Wa- Spoiler alert. Sorry. Shut um, up. God. Yeah. What is this? Waterworld? <laughs> I like Waterworld too. Even yeah, though I know it's skis. terrible. It has jet skis in it. <laughs> yeah. I kind of um, want you to hate it. And a crazy. Uh, who's the bad guy in there? It wasn't. An- no, not Anthony Hopkins, but. Uh, 
Dennis Hopper, Hopper, thank you. Crazy ass Dennis Hopper. Oh, no, no, that's. uh, No, uh, Mel Gibson. uh, Not Mel Gibson. uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin Kevin Costner. Costner. You You know what cheesy movie I saw the other day was The Fifth Element. That's a great You movie. bite your fucking it's, it's tongue. It's both cheesy and really fucking good it's at the one same of the, time. I don't think it's cheesy The greatest movies of the 20th century. I just got regular I, I car afraid. reviews on you. Yeah. Oh, the greatest movie. Stab you with my I really wish I could do a Chris penis. Tucker impression right now. Oh, yeah? yeah. I don't know. No, I can't. Green, super green. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, you green, know what the crazy green. thing, even though we're getting way off cars, but you know what the crazy thing about that movie is Besides, it's the awesome. original script is actually long enough to be three movies, and that's just like part one. Oh, you just you, <laughs> job, went too, you bam too hard. The original one, the movie that the Fifth Element is like part one of what could be three movies, which is awesome because I really want there to be two more Fifth. And Element hopefully movies. someday in our lifetime, at least one of them will be made. Oh yeah, Luc Besson, such a good movie. Uh, yeah, Fifth I totally Element's forgot amazing. how big of a role Chris Tucker had in it too. Because yeah, like about. the whole second half of the movie. Oh, I'm so yeah. scared, bro. He was actually really good for that that part, though. Yeah, it, it was perfect. Corbin, my man. Corbin Dallas. Corbin Dallas. You should next time you call Corbin, be like, Corbin, my man. Corbin, my man. Okay, so more new car news. Getting slightly back on track. Okay. A few journalists popped over to London to try out an early prototype of the Infinity Ridge, which actually is a really interesting car for me because I love the GTR. Yeah, I guess they're building one. Uh, Look at that. So uh, our friend Mike Harley, who actually we should get on the podcast. Uh, Mike we Harley should. was one of the journalists who went over there. Michael C. Hall. He drove it. And uh, I think his middle name, his middle name is C. Yeah, Michael yeah. C. Harley. Um, so That's great. He, He's uh, also a serial killer. He, he drove the car. Uh, apparently early numbers show 0 to 60 in the high threes at the moment. Jeez. Top speed oh, over 180. Okay, I can see that. Um, the prototype, this is cool, wears KW coilovers. The actual car won't. It'll just have adaptive damping suspension. Right. How now, sick would that if they went with KW coilovers? Adjustables? That'd be fucking awesome. Now, uh, this is this is a GTR engine? Yes. A, so they considered a retuned 3.7 liter, which would have yeah. been boring. Yeah. They considered the 5.6, right. which they said would have been too truck light, but I think that would have been fucking Wait, awesome. Th- th- that would have been awesome, that too, been because I car. really like the uh, M or whatever they're calling it nowadays. Years ago... Uh, when I, I used to talk to the guys at Stillin a lot because I used to work down the street from them, right, yeah. I always wanted to – if I had money, I told them if I, I would come to them with a G37 and we'd swap in the 5.6 and it would be fucking that sweet. Would be that sweet. would be pretty cool. Um, like that. But that would be in bucks. the spirit of the original um, 6.3 liter Mercedes where you take the biggest motor you make and put it in the smallest car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but they settled on the GTR motor, um, and, which, which is, is good. Fine, they gotta, they know? gotta get some mileage out of that motor, literally and figuratively. Here's the thing with the Eroge, the rub, I guess, is that they haven't really sorted the transmission. No, they haven't. They have the eight-speed, seven, seven-speed seven auto in that, yeah. which is. I mean, I don't think that's a problem because I wouldn't imagine that I would want a rattly sort of kick you in the back transmission with that car. But maybe... But you do want something. You want something a little faster than their 7-speed, which, yeah. in my experience, hasn't been the fastest. You want, you want a transmission that's like Audi S8 reminiscent. Yeah, yeah very much. Um, now, is that the same transmission that's in the uh, GTR, then? Or no, they couldn't, use it. Oh. they couldn't use oh, right. the GTR gearbox. Because um, that's o- a transaction. Is it O-Rouge rear-wheel drive? Uh, no, it's it's all-wheel drive, but okay. it's not the GTR all-wheel drive system. It's the normal Atessa all-wheel drive, so it can't do a 40-60 split. It does a straight 50-50, mm-hmm. and Harley said he felt sometimes that he wished he could, um, with a, a more 
rear biased one, he could get the front end to do what he would want more. And this system, he just couldn't get it to do it out of some corners. Right. Um, but if if you laid off for a second, apexed, and then went, you know, obviously the thing fucking went. But the gearbox, because because that gearbox, they're just they're figuring it out still, like you said. They electronically reduced the shift points, so it was shifting earlier, um, and he had to shift with just the paddles, so it didn't just destroy itself. Um, right. because it's right. a ton of power yeah, going through that. So they're that. still figuring out, he says they're still figuring out steering and gearbox. Because hmm. steering, they're not going to use the by wire system. No, no, absolutely. They're, they're not. using electronic power steering, yeah, which is a very sense. smart move. Yeah. Um, I mean, so. th- did he get to meet Sebastian Vettel? Because apparently he's director of performance or whatever, which means he just gets another paycheck, I guess. <laughs> That's but, exactly what that means. Yeah, but I really hope they actually. How does it feel? Him. Good. Yeah. I gotta go race. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. Cool. Oh, speaking of prototypes, uh, our own Mark Vaughn flew to Bonneville last minute to drive the S, uh, the AMG GT. Oh, GTS. Yeah. So he was there with Mr. Lieberman. I saw him posting pictures too. Tell us more. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, no, he he got to do 193 miles an hour on Bonneville <laughs> in the prototype. That's amazing. With the head of AMG, Tobias, what's his name? More M- Mueller. Or? Mueller. Tobias Mueller. Is that right? I, I I think so. Tobias definitely riding shotgun. That's Which is fucking cool. awesome. Yeah. I'm very jealous of that. The car's going to be very cool. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. What is that for an engine? Like the 5.5 liter twin turbo? 4 liter twin turbo V8. Oh, that's cool. 4 liter twin turbo V8, says Chris Hayes. That, and what's, what do we think it's going to cost? 90. 90. That's it? Well, it's a Porsche 911 killer, so yeah, it's going to be in that say. category. So it'll be 120 with options. It's going to be, yeah, exactly. It's going to be the F-Type, that, and the 911, and what else is in that category? Mm-hmm. V8 Vantage GT. V8 Vantage GT. <laughs> oh, Jeff, have you driven one of those before? No, no, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, um, well, the V8, honestly, the Vantage is on its way out because it's a nine-year-old car, and, you know, whatever Aston yeah, Martin still does got it, it still needs to last for probably another two years. We'll, we'll talk about this later, Jeff. Okay. Wait, did I talk about this last few episodes ago? I don't think so. Chris, did we know. talk about this? I don't really listen when I'm not on. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I kind of do that. Um, so I don't know. Uh, and Chris doesn't know. He's looking up cool shit. Are you are you looking up AMG GT stuff? No, 550 Marinellos. Oh, okay. Chris is shopping hey, for Ferraris. Apparently, Shout oh, Engine yeah. is doing really well. So thank you for getting your own damn podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> what, what do people mean when they say 911 killer? Like, what do they really mean? They just mean some car that would directly be engineered to compete against 911s. Or maybe tr- what they probably mean is attempt to steal market share from. Exactly. Yeah. So that's probably what, that's what the automakers mean. That right. precise level of luxury. Where it's got to be come from, it's got to be from like a luxury brand. Like BMW with the Z8 was kind of a 911 competitor, somewhat. Sure. The 360, so it's like entry level supercar price, and it's going to be in that price range with that amount of horsepower and that level of performance. See, I but just different format. I just said something that gave me so much insight and realized why enthusiasts are always wrong in automotive journalists. Whoa. When an automaker Jeff had a says, thought, guys. when an automaker says this is a so and so competitor. They don't mean literally on the track. They mean we want to take market share from it. Yeah. And that's why we're like, oh, this will sell well, and then it does or it doesn't. It's because we always think in terms of performance, and the automaker's like, no, we just want market share. Yeah, That I was always, like a light bulb moment I've for me. always thought of it in terms of market share because – See, I'm stupid though. The, you, you, do, you did marketing as well too, so. A fair bit. And you know, my understanding of it has always been that when they say 911 killer or 3 Series fighter, it means that they want to – Take a big portion they of They want them. 1% of its sales. Right. Now, the 3 Series, I feel like that's up for a grab, but I feel like the 911 is such a tough benchmark, not because it's a great car. Well, it is a great car. Uh, they're fantastic. It's so it's, ingrained, though. It's ingrained in people's minds. Like, the Porsche is such a part of Yeah, nobody says, culture. like, oh, is that an Audi R8 killer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or nobody yeah. says, you know, I always think back to, like, office space when, uh, you know, the boss rolls in with the Porsche and it says, my Porsche. Like, people... Right. 
beyond enthusiasm. People know that's a flashy sports people, car. People right. know the moniker Porsche, and a, and a Porsche is more than the sum of its parts. It's, it's a that's, lot of auto history as a car, not just a brand. That's funny, though, but that's, that makes me – but, again, I'm an automotive journalist. Well, I hate to use that word, but – and then slash enthusiast idiot. Um, so I purposely would prefer not to have a Porsche just so I could have something different. Even yeah, though, exactly. That's even though if I, if I had to have a Porsche, it would be a great experience. Honestly, I would have the Vantage GT over the Porsche. Hells yes. Yeah, even though when I had it, the even radio though it's gonna, was terrible. Even though you're going to lose. The radio was terrible, and I couldn't open the gas cap. The radio is terrible. I yeah. play that mind game all the time where if like I had to, you know, if, if, if it was a Porsche, what else would it be? If I was like a like some kind of partner in a law firm. It'd actually be, it'd actually be hopefully a used V12 Vantage, but I don't know where those are priced. I, I would know. go. I could get a Lotus Evora and just be super weird. It'd yeah, be Lotus Evora was a real shitty so gearbox. Uh, the Evora? No, the Evora is so good. What? The, have you ever driven the one with the manual? Yeah, I drove the manual. That's garbage. The the manual is really good when you're when you get moving. There's I mean, another gearbox. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, yeah, the IPS is IPS. Not great. I did not know that. Yeah, the Evora. I would get the Evora with an extended warranty. I Hell drove yeah. in an Evora. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I drove in an. I drove the Evora on a track, and the, everything about the car is brilliant except the gearbox. Uh, it, it just the the shift gates are made out of fucking pancake batter and rubber um and so i kept having trouble going third to second like two weeks later when top gear usa first came out i got invited to come out and ride with the stig at uh, um the el toro in an avora and he missed the same shift and i'm like it's it's not me it's the fucking car the stig you know u.s stig that would make sense but what when did you drive the avora it must have been like a 2011 early avora yeah right because i drove an avora s last year and you know they've been making continuous yeah the gearbox is pretty good now that company's fucked right now though totally fucked you know like the the pr person who's been there forever yeah quit isn't there anymore yeah he quit Oh, he was wow. a good guy. And they don't – they have no plans to replace Kevin the, Smith. The guy that was based out of Atlanta? Yeah, 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 yeah I remember. They have no plans they to replace him. They, like, they, they're selling like two Avoras a year or something like that. They don't have any other cars here. They couldn't get any other certification. Actually, who owns Lotus now? Because Denny Bahaha proton. like left. Yeah, And proton. I guess it's still Proton. But, but it's funny too because like for a company like Aston Martin to look at Lotus and be like, whew. <laughs> at least we're not Lotus. Yeah, it, well, Lotus is that's, I think that's actually near their new ad campaign. Aston Martin, at least we're not Lotus. Volkswagen should buy them. Volkswagen should buy Lotus. And then just aim for like a $40,000 oh, release. that would be so good. It'd be so good. Of course Like a, they do that and then they could finally build the Porsche Boxster competitor Porsche doesn't want to build. You the could do releases Porsche. with like juiced up two liter turbos and sell them for thirty grand. Oh, so like have God. an approachable Elise Miata alternative. Like an MQB Roadster. Ooh. Yeah, like the Lotus Elan, like but a with front-wheel Lotus drive Elan. Lotus handling, not yeah. front-wheel drive, though. The front-wheel well, drive Elans are great. I know, <laughs> but still, if I want to look It was the best handling front-wheel drive car ever, apparently. Impulse, right behind my Impulse, Civic yeah. SI. No, oh, kidding. Yeah, <laughs> right. all-wheel drive. But. Every, every we just saw Lotus carries problem. a handling by Lotus badge. That would uh, be great. They've been, yeah. yeah. New be how, you imagine how good the next Scirocco would be. Yeah, that, that, oh, we just solved it. But uh, Lotus, hire me, hire <laughs> us. We'll be your Pay us a lot for like I, a year or two. Universe and then let Consulting us get Services. Yeah, um, I did a lot of lip service for for uh, for Lotus. I wrote that article on their the bike that they won the Olympics with. Yeah, exactly. I wrote a great review of the Avora because I was so jazzed by that car last. Their year. motorcycle con- their, their, their motorcycle, motorcycle concepts engine. were kind of cool looking. Well, that no, they have that. That's what. It, Inspired That's me to write the article about the bicycle. Uh, is, um, they have what is it? The C zero one. Excuse me if I'm wrong, but they have that motorcycle that's actually being built by a German company. They licensed out the Lotus badge, but it has it is done. 
the vehicle designer is the same guy who did um, the concept design for Tron. Oh. Uh, so it has a great look, that motorcycle, but it is not Lotus's first two-wheeled vehicle. That would be... Uh, that was designed by Johnny Acidface. Yes, right. that's correct. Um, <laughs> moving on to another British brand. Yeah. Uh, Blake, you want, you brought up something before we started recording or maybe when we weren't paying attention and we were, were recording. Ja- uh, Jaguar, Jaguar, I think, just did Jaguar. The, Jaguar. Jaguar. Actually, my girlfriend says Jaguar, which is awesome. Because, that's the yeah. worst. <laughs> no, she's does a she Jaguar. Like, does she like Audis, too? Audis. She Ooh. likes Jaguars she tried, and Audis. How, she, she rides in Hyundai. She likes the Ferds. Nissans. Nissan. Nissan. No, but uh, actually, one of her first Price. driving experiences in L.A. was I invited her to a that Jaguar Alive driving program, and <laughs> she got to drive like all the F-types and all the, the XKR and the XFR and everything, and she was like, I want to go fast. I just want to – if I'm going to get a car, I want to buy a fast car. I really like the F-type. I really want to – and I'm like, great. Nope. She's going to have to buy a fast car now. Nice. And so anyway, Jaguar, I think, just did – Did you get in your Miata? She was like, this sucks. She doesn't like my Miata. <laughs> she does not like my Miata. Has she driven it? No, she doesn't know how to drive stick. I got to teach oh, her. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Jaguar, I think, just did the coolest thing any car company is going to do this year. Yes. Um, they bought they bought 543 British cars, which is awesome because that not that's just like taking your like heritage and it just was one collection, right, or something insane. It was one guy's collection. This guy named James Hull, who this guy named started- James Batshit Insanity. James, Count Von James Esquire. Nutjob. He is the most British man on the planet, James Hull, this guy. Uh, He's the uh, most Brit- British guy on the planet, right. That's <laughs> my British accent. There we go. There's there one of the classic wrong accents. One of the classic, classic <laughs> wrong voices right there. <laughs> anyway, this guy started a dentistry empire in England. I know, I know. That's, That's awesome. a joke. That's a joke right there. No, it, it, the joke would be if he had a, a 543 Porsches. Ouch. That... Would be or Harley's too. You have a bunch of Harley Davidsons, but no, he he has great taste. He has among others, um, Lord Mountbatten's uh, Mini Traveler. So basically, like a mini countryman, the old mini countryman with the wood paneling on the side. He has Winston. He has a car owned by Winston Churchill. Ooh. Winston Churchill drove in Austin. Elton John drove a Bentley, and that's one like, of those guys. That's like how we love uh, FDR. Yeah, that's Britain's. You know, Churchill is Britain's FDR. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Or FDR is America's Churchill. Mm, I'm going with I'm sticking with FDR, you you goddamn complimy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, hey, listen, we, we both won that war. So <clears throat> he actually has Sir William Lyon's own personal Jaguar four twenty limousine. This ruby red with the divider and he was driven to it from his house to Coventry every day until he died. For like That's fucking 10 awesome. Years. He has he is a Lynx Eventer. You know what that is, right? I, I know. It's the XK. No, it's the. Sorry, what is it? The XJS Shooting Brake. Oh, oh, fucking great! It's it's one of Ian oh. Callum's favorite cars. I'm sure it is. Yeah, he has a bunch of rare stuff. He's got C types, D types. He's an XKSS. He's got six E types. He's got thirty Mark II three point eight sedans. Thirty. 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 Yeah, he has one running. <laughs> yeah. All, one of them is running. All the other ones are parts cars. Parts cars. cars. Yeah. <laughs> He's got, like, triumphs. He, he's not limited to Jaguars, too, which is why Jaguar buys the Where the fuck does he so keep awesome. his cars? At all his various... Big-ass warehouse offices. in Hertfordshire. Jesus. Yeah. But he's so got, Jag bought them all. All the Jags, of them. He's, 543. All the Bentleys. He's got six Citroen DSs. He's got, like, uh, yeah, Ast- Astons, Alvises. He's got a bunch of Alvises. He's got... I, he Dallas. probably has like a couple Jensen Heelys, Jensen like Interceptors. Five hundred forty something. If it's not cars. British, it's crap. Yeah, it's not British, it's crap. So in in two thousand six, a bunch of hooligans broke into his uh, warehouse and hotwired some cars and crashed them into each other. Oh yeah, 
and that's uh, it's fucking terrible. But well, they got them to start. He, yeah. Those goddamn <laughs> chairs. He got them to start. That's impressive. <laughs> that's that's hardwired. You that should hire them as his mechanics. Yeah, right. But um, chavy bastards. Those fucking chavs. Scousers. Be asking, um, but uh, they're all intact right now. He's got like 300 pedal cars. He's got a bunch of like World War II memorabilia, like model airplanes and stuff like that. It's nuts. It's a very good collection. He has the very first car he ever bought for his collection, which is a Morris Minor Series Two convertible. And um, start small. Yeah, very small, very small. But uh, Next, now he has hundreds and hundreds. That's hundreds, insane. So many. So cars. I know the asking price was uh, listed at 170 million dollars. Um, yeah. Jaguar uh, paid somewhere close to that. They but said they paid less, though. They said they paid less, and James Hull was willing to let his collection go to a good custodian. That's a pretty damn good one. Because the dude survived cancer three times. Really? And he... Uh, uh, he should get one of those like big fuck cancer old English tattoos across his chest. That'd be cool, that yeah. That would be cool. But, uh, it's he's, not very British, he, though. He's got health problems. I so. say cancer, no more! <laughs> oh, I beat the cancer like I beat the Jerry's. <laughs> so uh, he, he, his health not doing so well, so he had to sell the collection. But uh, um, Jaguar's moving the entire thing to Coventry, all of it. And they're going to, you know, the XE's coming out. So they're going to, like, do some weird heritage spin where it's like, Roy, this car draws inspiration from the 3.8 Mark II. And then they'll have, like, 30 Mark IIs on display or something. Yeah. Hopefully they'll let journalists drive them. Yeah, if they have enough of them, they should. They should get some real, like, just make some of them okay enough. Yeah, but also, Jaguar's set, like, Jaguar and Land Rover together had a combined profit of, like, two billion pounds last year. Good investment by Mr. Tata. Yeah, seriously. Good stuff right there. And good support. They can can totally afford to buy a couple of them. That'd be nice if Tata bought Aston, too, then. And Lotus. They just own the British. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be so awesome. Uh, Every car gets a handling by Lotus patch. You get a handling by Lotus (laughs) patch. You get a handling by (laughs) Lotus patch. But, uh, yeah, no, the Jaguar Special Operations is on a roll because they're rebuilding uh, – they're building six more E-type lightweight coupes. That's fa- – oh. And they're also building, like, the Project 7 or something like that. And then they're going to do – they're going to maintain this collection. It's, it's like – That maintaining that yeah. collection probably just created 50 new jobs. Oh, yeah. At least. Oh, yeah. Maybe 100. You gotta need um, some Cockney street urchins to like, <laughs> you know, plug in the batteries and everything. <laughs> that's, crank the magnetos. Hand crank, hand crank, hand crank the um, uh, Okay, <laughs> so nice the tires. We're we're at about the halfway point, and before we dive into some guest ch- chatter, so we can learn a little bit more about the man on the couch, um, I wanted to take a moment to mention a new sponsor that Hooniverse has in the future. Yes, you're getting some ads up in your face, so bear with me for a second. Uh, the Way to ink sell on this out. deal, yeah, kiss my ass. Um, I, so I got to make money somehow. And this is actually technically a deal for the Hooniverse YouTube channel. Uh, we signed a deal. We're going to start working with Dollar Shave Club. Nice. And uh, we're uh, one, one of basically, the co- yeah, one we're going to talk co- about how awesome they are. One of the two hosts are. on this podcast doesn't shave. <laughs> That's because you don't shave. need to. Exactly. Uh, and my plan this August was to start growing a beard through the winter, but I have to scrap that because I have to shoot the videos for the ads for Hooniverse. Uh, so we have to put a lot of work into it. Uh, but it's a cool company, and they approached us. They reached out to us, and they asked if I'd ever heard of them. And the answer was yes, because I've been a customer of theirs for two years before they approached me. So I know what they have to offer, and I was actually very excited. And it fits our demographic because we're very heavily skewed male. And besides Blake, most of you need to shave. Hey, we're very gentlemanly. So uh, eventually, once the deal is fully set up, uh, I'm going to mention them briefly like I'm doing on the podcast, tell you how awesome they are. And I'm going to spit out the vanity URL which I don't think it's live, but it's going to be something like dollarshaveclub.com slash Hooniverse. You go there, you sign up, and you get cool razors, 
like I do, and then they also order the one wipe Charlies because they're fucking sweetness. Um, basically, like male baby wipes yeah. for your butt, and nice. they're awesome. And they make travel ones, which is good for us professional auto journalists who are exactly. always on the road. Um, so yeah, who, that's who a quick mention. To, who poop and vomit and need to be burped just as much as real. Babies. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, so that's a quick mention. Now expect it again in the future, and it'll be leading our videos down the road. So it there does. you go, Dollar Shave Club. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, so. Mr. Abraham, um, you've been at a few outlets so far. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, including some shit rag called Hooniverse. Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm a freelance automotive journalist. Uh, I do also a bit of work in advertising. I do a lot of product specialist work. Um, I can't say for who. Of course. Uh, and I've done some copywriting. Uh, and... Uh, that's what keeps me you, going. So it keeps gas in the Miata. You're you're a young lad from New York. Uh, I grew up in New York City. I actually can we have some like sick Hooniverse confession times? Yeah, I don't, sure. I course. don't know if this is going to damage my reputation as an automotive enthusiast. I did not have a driver's license until I was 21. Wow. I didn't know how to drive stick until I was 23. Nice. Uh, the way I learned how to drive stick was um, I purchased a 240SX off of Craigslist and said fuck it. And no, I told the guy that the only condition that I would buy it is if he taught me how to drive stick. Oh, uh, Jesus. And I drove happily off uh, down uh, a hill and eventually, though not that day, into the side of a tree. Uh, uh, a procession of Ford Focuses and uh, partnerships and a couple of RX-7s eventually landed me in uh, the austere Miata, which is a vehicle I champion. 2005 well, NB Miata. I have a 2005 NB Miata. It's very nice. nice. Uh, I've got a coilovers roll bar, exhaust intake off eBay, which is the only intake you should really be getting for. And low miles too. Uh, depends on what your definition of low miles is. I have uh, seventy-five thousand miles on that's, that. That's pretty low. Uh, it's do very a, good. Do you have a sideways stripe? I don't have a sideways stripe. I no. You don't have a faux hawk on no, your car. It does you, you, not. Need a, you need a sideways. Although stripe. when I brought the car to California, I drove it here from Michigan. Actually, I rode it. All through one of the worst winters of all time in Michigan on snow tires. I had Blizzaks. Great snow car if you don't own anything, have any friends, or like to do anything. But uh, it got me from point A to – it was actually kind of cool to be honest because if you know how to drive, it's a really great car. I think I wrote an article for TTAC uh, about how my dad tried to get me to sell my Miata when I left Florida for Michigan. And uh, – you know, I talked about how it's it's it really is everything you want. It's fully engaging. It's light enough to not get stuck if you know how to drive. You have to think three turns ahead. Like yep. I was, I would driving to work. I would co-drive for myself. I would be like three right over crest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Full throttle all the time, and it was it was a blast. Um, it had no exterior modifications. Now that I've moved here to California, it has a. It's it's starting to develop a slow case of canyon rash. Uh. Uh, I've got I've got some some. Scrapes from a couple of close calls. Yeah, I don't. I don't maybe allegedly, <laughs> nice. uh, allegedly, I might have you know brushed up against a few geological features. Getting a little too close to the inside canyon wall. Or? It, Robin's racing. It's yeah, it's possible. Uh, that, that's fine. Just don't cross the double yellow. <laughs> oh no, actually, <laughs> never. It's funny. I was on Angela's crest the other day, stuck behind a Sienna, and the dude was going. Full four tires, double yellow, and I was getting ripe, and he wouldn't use a turnout. This is like five miles, and I was right behind him. Uh, and every time he would go over the double yellow, I would just honk my horn a little bit. I was trying to, like, 
train him yeah. to drive right. And like Pavlov's I, dog yeah, or something. Exactly. Yeah, I think it had the opposite effect because he slowed down. But now I want to get a PA for my car. Oh, so yeah. every time I drive up behind somebody, I can just be, stay your lane. I really wish we could public shame that guy. Yeah. Scarlet letter that. So, License plate? No, no, I don't. Yeah. Um, if you're on the lookout for a 2005 Toyota Sienna, just kidding. So you, you I mean, you, you've written for Road and Track, Truth About Cars. Uh, you, you, you had some great articles for Hooniverse. I actually really like that series. Thank you. Um, I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking maybe I should out you on the podcast publicly. Should I, should I start doing it again? I have yes. a lot more free time now. I if you, you have time, go for it. Okay. I, I really gonna, liked it. I'm gonna pick, that was the Thread the Needle series where I use my background as an art historian uh, to explore the meaning of motorsports via T-shirt. I, I, yeah, I thought it was great. I, lots I of t-shirts, lots of airbrushing, um, lots of Hanes. Thank you. Lots of Hanes. Uh, yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, and so thanks for joining us tonight. Um, now, Blake, speaking of Miatas, apparently there's an update to your uh, there is. your faux-hawked there is. It, Let me just say that it's never a good sign when your mechanic texts you, oh, my. And he's, oh, not, and he's way, not George By the way, that was really good. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> nice. There you go. But uh, So I got that, and I was like, oh, what is it, Sulu? And then uh, <laughs> I, I got to talk to him and everything. I got to go to the shop and look at the engine today, and turns out – a, a journal bearing somehow got so hot that it fused to the uh, it fused to the rod and then got torn up. So we, he pulled out this chunk oh, of yeah, bearing that was like up. all jagged on the side, and it looked like it looked like if you stuck a piece of paper through a fan that was running, it looked like that. And then one of the crankshaft had had a really heavy scoring on one of the uh, pins, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna need a new crank, new rods, and basically just a new bottom end. Which actually, I did get some good news because you know after I stopped panicking, started breathing through paper sweet, bags. Your mechanic said you have a sweet bottom end. I got a sweet you bottom. Got a sweet little Every bottom end. Got a nice sweet <laughs> bottom. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> fully forged power bottom. Fully forged power bottom. <laughs> you are a fully forged power All bottom. All oiled up. <laughs> oh man, gross. Anyway, um, so he was able to source a. He, he's working on sourcing a bottom end. That's a new hashtag, by the way. Fully forged power bottom. Fully forged power bottom. <laughs> Name my autobiography to Blake's Iran story. <laughs> but yeah. So there should be a new bottom end coming at around 600 bucks, and I'm getting forged rods because I've just decided I'm gonna boost it. Fuck it. I'm just boost you know what? You know what? I should. Boost. I should um, feel bad for you that there's issues with your car, but I'm not. I'm gonna rub it in your face a little bit because guess what car I drove this weekend? My Civic. Whoa! It's back, baby. Nice. Yeah, That's I got awesome. it Actually, on Sunday. I'm really happy for you, man. That's great news. Yeah, because for a while, your car and I were like, we were in the contention for like who had the worst off car. Yeah. For a moment, you were beating way me. like by a lot, uh, by a lot. But I was beating you for a lot longer. And yeah. Then you just shot up, and now you're back to now normal. I'm back. It's you're on the back road. To the I drove it Sunday. Um, How's it feel? It feels good. There's this weird thing that if I'm running it hard and on throttle, every now and then the battery warning light will light up. Huh. And it could be that I just have shitty leads. That's that uh, good old British engineering right there in your Civic. N- no. No. <laughs> um, but no, I don't know. Those Lucas cars uh, but the, are the out. engine itself is back together. It felt strong. I took it all the way up to about ten and a half miles per hour on the ninety one freeway. Oh, I thought um, you said ten thousand RPM. No, no, ten and a half miles an hour. Okay. Everybody yeah. who's listening knows what uh, that means. Yes. Do you still have uh, two bottles of nitrous in it? The I big have one. ones? I have oh, it's one. just one? By yes, tonight. It's just one. Okay. I have the spare one in my office at home. Is it charged? Yeah. 
Oh, I've nice. used it before. It, it's not that ag- it's not that aggressive. It's, no, I know. it makes it slightly louder and just ever so slightly quicker. That's it. <laughs> that's really all you need in a synth. Yeah. The, Do you have like the button install on your shift knob? It's, no, it says, it says it works, go, right? go baby. No, go. It, it's. Uh, I don't have like a uh, a powered um, spinner for the. You know how you can yeah the, for the bottle opener or whatever. Um, but there's a um, trigger switch on the left side of the dash that just turns it on. But then it's activated at full throttle. Okay. So it's it's like a continuous. It's not a fast and furious fucking spray endangered to manifold yeah, all right, that right, shit. Right. But no, so the car's back. What what happened? What what needed to be done to it to resurrect? Uh, it? Well, obviously belts, pulley. Um, what the valves? The valves are good. Yeah. Lucky. So just need a new uh, time belt, pulley, timing cover. Um, that's it. I mean, we're actually going to get Richard on the podcast. The guy right. who fixed That'd the car. Great. He's, he really wants to come on uh, and plead the case for his students. <laughs> Is that an interference engine? Yes. Oh. No, no valve damage. I talked to – so one of the delivery drivers for um, for STI is a big Civic guy, and he saw my car there. We talked about the cars before. He has like three Hondas, um, and he's had two timing belt failures, also no damage to valves. Wow. Lucky. So there's something really weird about Honda interference motors where you can occasionally get out Well, they're not really interference alive. motors. Yeah. No, they are. That's the thing. They they're are. Because re- there's tons of stories of time belts going in just taco valves. Right. Taco City. Right. Yeah. Welcome to Taco City. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. Car's back on the road, drove it, feels good. Um, but I then immediately parked it in guest parking because I received an Aston Martin Vantage GT. Mm. So, so, it's so a Civic has to take a back seat. Yeah, it's now, the, tell, tell everyone what color your Aston Martin is. Green with the, the yellow uh, lipstick. lipstick and um, trim on the mirrors and the uh, roof rails. See, mine was... Blue, dark blue with the red lips, which also so looks looked, good. No, I don't know. I don't. Th- no, I, think it goofy. I like. There's also silver like with silver with white. That looks that awesome. awesome. That would look awesome. That I really like awesome. the way yours looks because oh, that one's killer. Is, That's like the race cars. Yeah, it's not. It's not British racing green. It's like paler. It, it's a little paler. Yeah, yeah. I Deep, like that. Uh, uh, BRG is a little darker. Finally, um, you and I have I have been driving the same supercar. And, yeah, that never. Uh, it's a wonderful car. Never happens at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a bruiser. You can, oh, and you can, you can feel it's a bit old. If you, I took it on a snake actually, and it felt like well, it feels like really, a Corvette. Feels like a like a C5 vet. It, it does feel like, maybe not, C6. It does. Yeah, I can see a C6. I've never driven a C6. Like a regular vet, not like, a Grand Sport, not a, obviously not a Z06. But it feels like with clutch and the gearbox, and but in a, like in obviously in a because a C6 is a good car. So it, in a very good way, that's what it feels like. I'm extrapolating Minus from my experiences. The, yeah. the shitty part is though the the center stack is much worse than the one on the C6. Oh yeah, <laughs> like basically Aston Martin built a great car, but everything like you know that doesn't have to do with driving sucks. Like the handbrake, except in the Vanquish, the the gas cap got stuck. It's so get this, it's an electronic button in the dashboard. I hit it and the cap wouldn't open up. That's how I it is on the, this one too. I went to the back and I you have to use a credit the, card. No, I went for the emergency release. That's also electronic. You pull the thing and it goes whirr and it doesn't move. Oh really? It's not. So a, I had to jimmy it and then this lady in a Prius yelled, it "Serves you right" or something like. No, that. No, she didn't. She really? like she like laughed at me and she Fucking was and I was like smug I was Prius like it's not my fuckheads. car. Should have thrown a like a fuel additive at it or something. I don't know. Something yeah. related to fuel. So, something. I should have thrown like, like flaming scones, gas cans. Scones or maybe a bottle of Marmite scones. at her. Can I say something about the Aston Martin? Yes, yes. of course you uh, can. Oh, Blake, you? the one that you had, the blue one with the red yes. lipstick, I woke up one morning and it was parked outside of my house. I live in the Highland Park neighborhood of Los Angeles. So uh, whatever auto journalist has that out there, uh, I know where you live. 
Nice. And we're neighbors. Nice. I thought you were going to say you woke up and you and Blake had eggs and coffee and stared at the car along. We did that. We've done that. We've done that. We've had brunch. <laughs> We've had brunch. Yeah. Yeah. Abe, has cr- Abe is a welcome guest on my couch. I've uh, I've slept there a few times. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty pretty nice. Power it's bottom. Nice. Has oh, you guys had your mi- Miatas parked outside? And <laughs> Not mine because it's a shop. Oh. Right. I've never. Sorry. I've never, shut so, up. I, the I've, face you just made. I wish, wish this was also a video podcast. Theater of mine. <laughs> I've worked on your Miata, but I've never driven in it. That's true. Cor- actually, he and uh, he. Corbin, my man, is my Miata ready? Corbin, my Speaking of speaking of Aston Martin, I did just get back from the best press trip I've ever been on. Yeah, it was pretty fucking amazing. So it was. I mean, a week long. That is a lot of time. That's a long one. Doing stuff. That was a long one, but I mean, it's international travel, so you got to factor that in. So okay, so five days because a day of travel. Also got to fly in an Airbus A380, which is fucking cool. Did you fly in top section or? Top. Oh yeah, um, but it was cool. business. Um, it was Club World, which is like the better of the two business. They have like two There's business. There's two classes. business classes. First of all, okay, now let's geek out on airplanes for a second. Now, A380 Always, sure. was this British Airways? Yeah, that's. I've never seen a British Airways A380. Yeah, normally you see 747s for that. I see, I see Qantas, Qantas all the time. I see Lufthansa. Singapore Air. United. I see a lot of Lufthansa. United has an A380. Oh, I, oh! I thought you were talking. Sorry, I had I'm talking A380s at LAX because I go to the In and Out at Westchester. Westchester okay, okay. And I see A380s, so it's mostly Singapore. It's Singapore. It's Singapore, and I see a lot of Korean Air. Lots BA. of Korean airs. I didn't know BA, BA had one. baby. I've always, some, you know, I've always, I've flown BA. Okay, looking flight attendant. They're very good. Yeah, well, you know. Right, but uh, I've always wanted to flo- fly a BA seven four seven first class. Me too. That's just the Me epitome too. of class. Yes. that's like James. Or Bond actually, show. I want to do uh, Virgin Atlantic seven forty seven first class. See, I've never flown Virgin because they still do the bar. I guess Ooh. most autom- uh, most uh, most airlines don't do the bar because it takes away from too. seats. Yeah, that so you can make sense. more money by having a seat, not a bar. Except yeah, unless I, really, I was on the flight. I'd rather bar spend my free. money on a bar. That'd be great. The, I guess Virgin still rocks the bar. Oh my god, I love to fly Virgin sometimes. Um, That'd be great. The last time, I, domestically, the mm-hmm. last time I visited my parents, I upgraded my seat on Spirit, so I had more legroom. Spirit. <laughs> Why would anyone fly Spirit? It's like Greyhound of the skies. Oh, it, I saw the terminal for Ryanair in in the UK. It was like, oh my god, it's real. It does exist. <laughs> yeah. um, I would fly Ryanair though because it's like thirty pounds to like I go to Greece. What I've heard, it's like humans human rights violations on that plane. Oh yeah, totally. They're, but it's they're like still the trying to like figure out hours. a way to work in a standing, standing room only yeah. seat with a like a, like a subway pull. Yeah, and yeah. they got shut down once. They're like, you <clears> can't do that, and they're trying to figure out how to still get away. Bicycle do seats. It. They also bicycle seats. They also got shot down. They tried to make to charge for the bathroom, and they're like, "You could absolutely that's a human rights violation. You cannot charge for." The also, bathroom. I think they they're forced to serve water at least once because that's forced. Also- I think you can legally smoke on some of their flights, though. No way. Yes. Where can you still smoke on an airplane? Dubai. Ryanair. Middle Dubai? East also. Middle, Middle East, East well, airlines will let you smoke. Really? really? Probably Russia too, because you can do anything in Russia. That's true. You can like you can like shoot crocodile on a plane in Russia. <laughs> you know, whatever. You can shoot down another plane. You can oh. shoot down oh. Chris Chris, I hope you don't oh. come on. Hey, it's either it's it's either Wait, what the fuck is the line I always say about comedy? I forget. Well, I'm comedy is tragedy plus time. No, 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 not even that. Like laugh at everything or laugh at nothing. That's what yeah, I say. That makes sense. That makes um, sense. Anyway, so you got to you got to you got you landed in London and what'd you do there? Uh, so yeah, we flew to London, ten hour flight, but the the seat was great, the dinner was great. I had enough time for a nap and a movie, and I woke up with like two hours left. In my what flight. movie did you see? Um, um, Captain America Two: Winter Soldier. Cool. It wasn't bad. It was actually pretty good. 
random C7 Stingray shot in the beginning. You know, it's it's not it's no Fifth Element, but it's pretty. Good. That's actually very true. Yeah, it's um, so landed in uh, England, hopped in a Mercedes Viano, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, the first thing I do when I get to a foreign country or a European country, I've only been to this is my second. You time look here. at the parking lot as you the land. The car next to us. In the where we the driver met us was a Mercedes CLS wagon diesel. No. My my no. dick almost fell off. I was so excited. <laughs> no was it was it? Brown? It wasn't brown though, no. was and it wasn't a manual. But I, I took a picture. It's the first thing, and I don't have uh, every journalist who flies there has international data plans because they go all the time. And I'm just like, I gotta get to Wi-Fi. I gotta get to Wi-Fi so I can. It's like you're Instagram holding your this. pee in. Yeah, Wi-Fi, yeah. Wi-Fi. But then we're in the car and like you know Citroen C2s are going by. I'm like, ooh, neat. And then uh, A classes. The A class hatch, the new one, is fucking cool. Oh, looking. I've seen that. That cool. thing's oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, there's cool. a hot version too, isn't there? Yeah, there's an AMG. When I um, when I lived in London, someone down the street from me parked a Mazda Bongo Friendy. That's Ooh. fucking sweet. Next to, next to, get this, there was a Peugeot 205 GTI next to a first-gen Elise. Oh, so the Peugeot 206 is like the... Um, it's everywhere. Like the Honda Civic of it's over there. It's everywhere. Everyone still. has one. Yeah. Um, but They're it's like funny to see like, oh, a 208, they make a bigger one. Oh, a four. And you know, like just see all the different iterations of the They get Peugeot's. progressively uglier. Did you yeah, see any 1007s? I saw a few of those. Is that this like the big sliding doors? Yeah. No, it's I didn't see that. Tiny sliding door. Um, but anyway, so tons you, of cool shit. So we we drive out um, to a, a place motorway. near Gaydon, and um, we How stayed. How far of a drive was that? Like two hours? No, it was probably like uh, actually it was like it was an hour and a half because we hit traffic. Right. Um, I didn't see any of London. We just went. You know, right, because England's the size of like like New Hampshire or something. It's um, probably bigger. But, but I mean, yeah, we drive out there and um, we're staying at this place called Falsley Hall. The one main building is from the seventh century. Cool. And then there's just like a sheep right See, where you park in the port cochere. That would have impressed me a lot more than the actual Aston Martin. It was well. And that's why I've never been on a Aston that. Martin trip. You say that. Um, and the building was amazing. It, it just and I woke up early. All the other journalists are sleeping off their shrimp. I woke up early. I jogged down this little country lane that no cars are. You lift a fence and you're still on the property and you walk out to this old vintage cemetery castle thing. So it's just me and the sheep in this field. Was it felt fog like everywhere? a British version of True Detective. Was it fog everywhere? No, the, they, it was the best weather they've had ever, is what they said, I think. Jeez. It was sunny Aston the Martin. entire time we were there. Aston Martin really pulled out all the stuff. Yeah, they really did. They wow. contacted they did uh, Lord Jeebus of the weather. They contacted um, the nature. So we wake up and we go to Gaydon, their factory, right? Um, which was cool. We got some demos. We toured the factory. I actually almost got hit by – there's only um, – Two ro- there, there's two robots on the assembly line, but Robot. then there's this one robot that moves, and everything else is you know by hand or person. Right. Um, but there's this one big robot that can move body shells, and I almost got run over by it because I didn't, didn't see. You it. would have been run I over got by killed by a robot. Um, but did you see any boxes of Chinese accelerators there? No, oh. no. But they so they have the two robots on the assembly line. One is has his name's like Edna or something like that, and it does adhesive for windows. Dame the Edna. other one though does the aluminum bo- aluminum bonding. So the robot is a bonder. His name is James. That's perfect. James Bonder. It's fucking uh, awesome. God. It's fucking awesome. Come on. Um, it James so we went there. Um, we drove um, some cars to lunch. It, the, this, it's this organic farm owned by the former bassist from Blur who That's like quit random. to do this. And it's, I guess, really popular. It's a big facility. Is it good? And the food was actually were delicious. You in any th- were you in any place called Chipping? No. Chipping Camden, Chipping Norton, which is where uh, Jeremy Clarkson lives? Nope. Just mostly around Gaydon. Um, but so we drove – I drove a right-hand drive car 
on the left, you know, as you do over there on the left side. That's and scary. they warned us. It was scary because the roads there, this isn't an area of wide open roads. The roads were very narrow and everybody coming in the direction gives absolutely zero fucks about your car. None. Big trucks, vans whipping down these narrow roads and then tractors because we're in like farming portion. So – and the weird thing is all of your senses disappear about the size of the car. When I'm driving a left-hand drive car, I know where the right front wheel is, where the rear wheel is. In this car, I had no fucking clue what was going on on the side of the car. And a DB9 is fairly wide. Yeah, that's a um, big car. So they tell us. They're like, just be careful. You know, some other journalist came in and they curbed a few wheels. We're like, ah, you know, we'll be fine. Well, yeah. The f- journalist I was driving with um, – Curb two wheels. Ugh, um, my TV9. And then I, 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 I grazed a curb in the car when it was my turn to drive. I remember, I remember, I drove, uh, I drove on the other side of the road in Japan, and I remember curbing the wheel all the time. But it was a Nissan Micra with plastic hubcaps oh, that we rented. No, these were and, Aston Martin wheels. Yeah, I was about to say. And I would have, I would have driven an Aston Martin Signet. You know what's funny? I was hoping they'd let us drive one. While I was there, I saw five of them. Just and they were like so annoyed owned? that I kept seeing them. I don't. I think no. a few of them were like they were all right at Gaiden. Um, but I kept seeing them, and I was taking pictures of them. And the PR guy was like, "Really? You're taking pictures of this?" I'm like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm taking pictures of the Signet." Was it was it Matt Clark or was yeah. it an actual British it was, guy? It was both. Uh, Matt was there, and the British team was. Is there. Matt British? I've never met him. Oh yeah, he's from Birmingham. Ah, um, even though he lives in Laguna Beach. Yeah, he's a Brummy, which Brummie. I found out what that word means because someone said it I was like, "What's a Brummy?" Um, <laughs> What's a Brummy? So we, but so after lunch we go and go to Newport Pagnell, which is a different Aston facility, which is where all their heritage stuff is. Ah, that okay. was we weren't allowed to take photos there because there's customer cars. So in one side it's a brand new spotless garage. You know, uh, there was five one seven sevens on site. Jeez, it was amazing. Um, and if you own a DB7 and you want to get it fully reconditioned, you can send it. I mean, obviously it'd be expensive to send it there, but they would put it to like new, do you better see than the new. Old V8 vantages. Yes, because oh, on the other Oscar side Indias? they do all the old stuff. Great. They're hand forming brand new DB5 clips for full restorations. Oof, nice, That's so cool. So they're doing something similar to what Porsche is doing with their lightweight two point seven. It's like it's like Mercedes Fender. too in Irvine, the classic center. It's yeah. very much like that. Um, and you visited there before, right? Yeah, I've, I've been there once, and it's amazing. Um, I but I want to work there. So this is so Mercedes has two of those in the world, one in Germany, one here. Aston Martin smaller only has one, and it's you know right there. Some of the cars they had were amazing. They had a DB6 shooting brake that was for sale. No way. Uh, for like three quarters of a million pounds, it was insane. It was, was it, so it was built awesome. Then right, what's that? It was built then right. What do you mean? At the time. Yeah, 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 right. Okay. Um, they had uh, they had a few V8 Vantages, the old ones, the '70s ones, which I very much want. One. I love um, those things so much. So, they look like little British Mustangs. They're they so have, awesome. Did they have any Lagondas? Yes, they had one of the cleanest ones I've ever seen. Really? The the what is it? Williamstown or Town Williams? Will, Will, William Towns. Yeah, they had that one of the the, the right. dash in that is just bananas. Wait, did, did it work? Did yes. you see the dash working? No. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, I love I the wheel in those old Lagondas. Yeah. Oh God, did you see so the cool. new Lagonda? Um, well, yes. Thingy? We were talking about it on this trip before the press release Wait, went out. SUV Lagonda? No. No, no. It's oh, going to be a sedan. Oh, I know a new one. I, mean, I was the, wondering the, if you the, saw the The name SUV is strictly one. applied to the – there's no mention of an SUV anymore Good. at this point. I think it was it's just the, So the crazy thing is, though, when we were driving around, we um, – so I, I caught it because it's also right next door to Jag Land Rover. Uh, and somebody saw the, a camo Jag SUV running around, okay. and I didn't see it. But I did catch a long camoed sedan, and I caught it, and my co-driver didn't see it. I'm like uh, – they go, maybe it was an XJ. I go, maybe. And I'm talking to the PR guy. I'm like, is there any chance your Lagonda was running around? And he just smirks. 
And I talked to him later, and he goes, you saw it. That was it. Nice work. And so I, but I, I didn't have a camera. I, it was camo clad, but it was awesome that I just – Was it really to, long? Did you see the proportions? It looked like a bigger XJ. It looks pretty long. In the I pictures. saw it so quick at the last second because I was still driving, and it just it whipped by. Um, I think it, there's – you can – Road and Track got some spy shots of it. Well, and I mean they released a much more detailed rendering of it where you can mostly see the outlines. Right. Or that picture from the profile, whatever. I don't know if it's a full picture or a rendering or whatever it is. I understand it to be like a bespoke – Middle East availability only. Yes, only Middle East. Yeah. But as soon as you know a Middle East guy can buy it and then turn around and basically sell it, probably anywhere because there was never supposed to be there were never supposed to be any one seven sevens in the U.S. and there are. There's I one or that. two, I think. Yeah. Um, How many one seven sevens did it build? Seventy seven. Right, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, and there was a really cool one there that I can't tell you about because they promised not me not to tell you, but I can tell you guys. You know, off the record right. afterwards. Um, tell I'll tell you why it's amazing. It'll blow your mind. Um, so yeah. So then we went to Scotland. So right. from there, we hopped on a plane, went to Scotland to drive Scotland. two new, um, two revised Aston products that I can't tell you about uh, because it's embargoed until next week. Um, but I can tell you that things were good, and I can't tell you why. Uh, okay. But basically, Great. we stayed cool. at a fucking castle on Loch Ness, and it was amazing. It was so awesome. No, I didn't see a monster. But driving in Scotland. Did you see Mr. Burns draining the lake? (laughs) Northern Scotland driving roads are some of the best I've ever been on, and there were zero cops. But it's it's zero. From what I've seen, Northern Scotland and that part of England and everything, it's it's sweeping roads. It's all like really fast turns and everything. Not much elevation change, but not drastic. There was some decent elevation. Well, there were some decent elevation changes because we were in the highlands. So, I mean, you're not going over the the highest parts, but you're meandering through them. So it's not dramatic elevation changes, but they do occur because you go up and then you come back down towards the ocean. Right. So they're really rolling hills and everything. But perfect for a fast GT car. That makes sense. That's why. Extremely perfect. Something like the Aston Martin v- that we've been driving, the V8 Vantage would be perfect for that. Yes. Because it, it shi- when you get into – when I was on Mulholland, when you get into that zone where you're just like you can take – you know what the car's getting at and you know where you can get at and you just blast around in third gear only because it does – it's not the most torquey V8, but it still has a ton of torque. You get in that – you get in that frame of reference, and it's just, the car is just magic. Yeah, it's it is. so good. It's such a good bruiser. So this yeah. was this was a hell of a trip. Jeff, um, how much percent of your body do you estimate is scotch? Uh, well, that the last night it, it was a little bit. We did do a haggis tasting. Haggis yeah, is yeah. fucking delicious. Burns night. Uh, there's a guy, a traditional guy, giving a Gaelic poem while playing the bagpipe. Was it a, the was same it a time. Robert Burns poem? Uh, I don't know. That's and the actual two of the actual words I caught because Gaelic is very hard to understand. Oh, Gaelic. Even okay, the right. Brits, they were like, we have no fucking clue what this guy's saying. But the, two of the words I swear to God are in this poem are wretch and spew. That sounds <laughs> in very a poem Scottish. about haggis. That sounds very. Uh, but it was actually so delicious. Uh, so yeah, this was an epic trip, um, and the video will be done next week. And some other stories because I, I freelanced it for a couple other outlets too. But the video will be up on the Hooniverse YouTube channel. Um, but it's that time of the evening where we plug who we are and where can – Abe, why don't you start where people can find you on social media? Uh, at Abraham D on Twitter, at A Drimmer. That's D-R-I-M-M-E-R on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, Abraham Drimmer. Send me a message. Offer me a job. Do whatever yes. you want. There you go. Hire this man. Good young writer, folks. Uh, Blake, tell the good folks where they can find you. Uh, I'm at Auto Week as usual, and this week I write about um, the Nissan 300ZX Twin Turbo, which was my favorite car in high school, and what it meant to me. 
You bastard. It's very precious. Still um, jealous you got to drive. I drove it two blocks, and it was magical. So I'm going to look for that at autoweek.com sometime soon. Check out our redesigned website. Still nice and fresh and awesome. Uh, and find me on Twitter at B-E-Z-R-O-N-G. And also, I've deleted my Facebook, so if you were my Facebook friend, it's nothing personal. I miss you, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, well, you know, follow me at Glucker on Twitter, and also follow at the Hooniverse. If you are on Instagram, I'm Hooniverse Jeff. Please go to our YouTube channel uh, and check that out. Um, we've got more videos coming on, more and more subscribers. Uh, we're trying to produce more video content, hoping that you're enjoying it. I'm, I'm learning how to use Premiere more and more every day, uh, so that's been good. Um, and, uh, yeah, go to the website. Go and rank and review us. Also, if you want to get a podcast, go to ShoutEngine.com where you can get your very own podcast and try to do what we do even though you're not professional automotive journalists like Blake Z. Wrong. Uh, that's it for now. Next week, I'll probably release my Drunk Scotland on the Road podcast. I'm still debating it because it's not quite um, David Hasselhoff and the Cheeseburger, but you can clearly tell that I'm very drunk. So we'll see. Let me know if you really want to listen to that one or not. I'm going to let podcast producer Hayes listen to it before you do to tell me whether or not it's actually a good idea Jeff, um, and Jeff, we'll go from there there are no there are no closets in this in laugh this at everything or laugh at nothing exactly all right we'll see you next week